What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions of the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to George Sarah Mellis, who is the founder of Overlooked Inc. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, Matt. Uh, how's it going? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm really looking forward to learning more about what you're working on. For people that don't know what Overlooked Inc. is, what is it? What are you working on? Yes. So uh, in a sentence, we've built the safest system for people to share news articles with their friends and we sell technology to help newspapers save and make money. So it's kind of like break down both of those sides. So on the friend side, so like I read news, right? I'm a consumer. How, how would I, how would, how would I, what's my experience like with something like Overlooked? How, how would I use it? So we have both a website and a mobile application, uh, both are which are private uh, invite only right now. Uh, but in terms of the website, it functions very similar to existing social networks such as Facebook or Twitter, uh, while the mobile app functions similarly to an Instagram or a Snapchat. Uh, for both platforms, it's the simplest, fastest, easiest way for you to share a news article uh, on a system that you know has vetted information. So can you kind of dive into the vetted information element of it? I guess right now, I mean, I could go on Facebook, see the things that are trending and it's just like, why is this, why is this trending? Mm -hmm. Can you kind of just get dive a little deeper into like what you mean by vetted information and kind of, um, and how it differs from like a site like Facebook or something like that? Yeah. So I'll walk you through uh, the content moderation problem very briefly so that you can understand it. Uh, if you look at a platform uh, such as a Facebook, it's a great example uh, where they have 15,000 third party content moderators uh, getting paid minimum wage to have to vet through trillions of pieces of content every year. Uh, that is impossible. Uh, I am not a rocket scientist. I am a journalist and I cannot personally fact check uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of pieces of content per day. Uh, what we've said is that we've streamlined this network, the social news network for just news articles. So the, rather there being posts, memes, videos, uh, we've limited the data by so much that our content moderators in the future who are really just journalists aren't going to be overwhelmed uh, by fact-checking the articles on our system. One day in the future, we'll send our users a push notification if they've read something to be misleading, like, hey, Matt, uh, the article you read from CNN or Fox or wherever uh, is misleading, and here's why. And then, uh, um, actually, I guess the, the, the next thing is I'm just kind of curious a little bit about why you wanted to get started with this, a little bit about the origin story of Overlooked. Yeah, so uh, a little bit more about me. Uh, I'm 23 years old. Uh, I come from a small town in North Orange County uh, called Los Alamitos, where I was born and raised and where I currently am quarantining. Uh, I went to USC, where I graduated from the Marshall School of Business in May of 2019, uh, but I found it overlooked my junior year of college. 
And frankly, I founded the company because I saw that Facebook played a very pivotal role uh, in accelerating the spread of hate in Myanmar, uh, ultimately leading to the Rohingya genocide. Uh, Matt, are you familiar with the Rohingya genocide? I'm not familiar, no. So uh, what happened there was that uh, they couldn't moderate the content for that country. They had uh, very few content moderators looking through, again, tons of posts. Uh, and the, you know, the posts that were going, and going viral there were the hateful ones because frankly, hateful posts get better engagement and thus sell more ads. Uh, so as a result of hate being spread there, uh, it ultimately led to genocide in the country where tens of thousands of people were killed uh, and hundreds of thousands were displaced. Uh, me personally, now my family comes from a small village in Greece, uh, which is sadly famous for being home to one of the largest massacres uh, by the Nazis in World War II. So when I saw what was happening on the other side of the world, uh, I was not very happy with the way that the media covered this issue. Uh, this is why we're called Overlooked, uh, and this is why we're building the social news network. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I, I'm wondering now on the other side of the product, like you said, you, there's, um, you know, users that sh that can consume and then share news. What about you said you work with newspapers or you, with, you work with outlets? Can you kind of describe that that side of the company? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so. Uh, I'll start off with a story. Uh, so when I graduated USC, I was working in the USC incubator, uh, which was right across the way from our student newspaper, The Daily Trojan. And when I walked into The Daily Trojan, uh, naturally I'm an entrepreneur, I was looking to sell to them, see if I could plug into their system uh, anyway. Uh, it, was a, it was like a shot out of a movie because there were newspapers literally stacked to the ceiling. Uh, I asked them, how much money are they spending on printing these newspapers? Uh, and they told me that they were spending $148,000 uh, printing 170,000 newspapers annually. Uh, I then asked them, uh, <laughs> I then asked them uh, how many students read the newspaper and they couldn't give me an answer. So I went out and I polled USC undergrads. I learned that less than 5% of undergrads are actively reading the print version of their publication. Uh, and this is what led me down the rabbit hole of the newspaper industry as a whole, uh, where I saw that since 1990, print circulation is down uh, 54%. Uh, from 2005 to 2018, print ad revenue as a market went from being worth roughly $50 billion uh, in 2005 to just $14 billion in 2018. Uh, yet since 2011, the percentage of digital ad revenue at newspapers has more than doubled. Uh, so the trend is really clear here. And if you're one of the 832 uh, US student newspapers uh, or one of the 3,050 US local newspapers uh, or one of the 18,000 global newspapers for that matter, you really only have three ways to disseminate information in today's era. Uh, you can number one, print newspapers. Uh, number two, you can have your own sort of digital media and or newsletter, which Matt, I see you're great at. Uh, and number three, you can you know, be on social media. Um, and if it's okay, Matt, I don't wanna to talk too long, but I can walk you through kind of what I've saw with each one of those. Um, and uh, you know, obviously printing a newspaper, first off, it's expensive. Uh, it costs money to literally print the paper, to put the ink in and distribute it. Uh, and the trend is already accelerating even faster with COVID. Uh, with regards to digital media, what I saw was that far too many of these student and local newspapers have a static WordPress website with no capability to even push notify their audience. Uh, Matt, do you have Apple News? Do you get those push notifications? I, I do, yeah. Yes, so those are, uh, that's some, one of the best ways to drive uh, re news retention uh, in the 21st century is that little push notification. 
so without it, it's a real tragedy because they're expecting users to have to go to their browser. Um, and the third option is social media. And, you know, again, I want to walk you through the story of that, that newspaper ad revenue going up, up, up to 50 billion, peaking in 2005 and falling to uh, 14 billion in 2018, because it really tells a story. Uh, and the first thing that it shows is that uh, newspapers were doing really well until, you know, Craigslist came out and started competing with classified ads. That was really the first shock that happened uh, to the newspaper industry. Uh, but the second and much more sustaining impact is that if you are a business, why would you buy an ad in a print newspaper when you can buy an ad on Facebook and target it at that newspaper's Facebook group? The ads are cheaper. They're more cost effective. Uh, so I asked the newspapers, I said, you know, how much money do you make from being on social media? And some of these newspapers, particularly the student newspapers, have tens and tens of thousands of followers. And they tell me, well, we forward traffic to our website uh, and we sell ads on our website. So then I asked them, well, did you, did you get a check from Facebook? And they tell me no. And I said, well, that's because Facebook targets 100%, uh, takes 100% of the digital advertisement revenue that targets your audience. So that when you know, a business buys an ad on Facebook and targets it at the Daily Trojan, the Daily Trojan sees zero. Well, what we're saying is that on Overlooked, the social news network, we're going to compensate publishers for being on our platform so that the more followers uh, or subscribers they get through our system, uh, they can actually make money through our platform now. Uh, that's why we've partnered with the Dartmouth, uh, Michigan State student newspaper, uh, West Virginia University student newspaper, and why we're going at, uh, to market at several other schools, including USC this fall. I'm curious, how do you think about getting school newspapers on board? Like, I guess, um, is it like sales? How do you think about distribution and like getting getting into these these rooms to, 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 to sell this, to sell Overlooked? Yeah, so uh, it starts off in an Excel file. Uh, we have every single uh, student newspaper and every single U.S. local newspaper mapped out uh, all summer for the past four or five months, really, since COVID. We've been messaging uh, these uh, student newspapers Actually, the most effective way has been the cold email, and the second most effective way has been the Twitter DM, because many of these journalists are already on Twitter. Um, and uh, that's really how we get in touch with them. And once we've kind of broken in, you know, they've been able to, you know, reference us to other newspapers uh, and spread the word internally, because there's uh, plenty of associations, uh, whether it be CMBAM for college media, uh, the ACP. We were just a sponsor at one of their events uh, last month, um, so we were on a call with like 30 newspapers at once. Um, and, you know, we plan, we have plans to scale this to, you know, hundreds of newspapers and thousands of newspapers across the country and world. And what would you say, like, obviously, some of your day is spent on this, right, BD with, with newspapers. What else are you spending time on? Or I guess, in other words, what's a day in the life of the founder of Overlooked Inc.? Yeah, so I spend my time uh, really in three sections. Uh, the first is the investor CRM, uh, where we have every investor in the U.S. mapped out. Uh, the second is the publisher CRM, where we have every newspaper in the U.S. mapped out. Uh, and the third is the business CRM, because uh, what I haven't told you yet, Matt, is that is, is you know, our SaaS-like service. So we have two ways to monetize the product. Uh, the first is the conventional ad. Um, now, what we're telling the newspapers that we partner with uh, is that when they, when they uh, go to market with us in the fall, that they're going to have the overlooked eyes, our logos, the eyes. Uh, so they'll have the eyes right next to Facebook, Twitter, their social media profiles. Uh, and because many of these you know, platforms are getting tens and tens of thousands of digital you know, views a year, uh, a month, excuse me, uh, you know, we're going to be getting a good uh, source of inbound traffic coming from their websites to our platform. 
uh, to where we'll be able to one, sell them an ad, uh, but two, what we realized is that in the 21st century, every single business is a media company. Uh, so we're telling businesses to the same way that you can have a personal profile on Overlooked, uh, the same way that a publisher has their own page, we're telling businesses to create a page on Overlooked uh, to host sponsored articles that tell your company's story. Uh, we want to help businesses get sales, uh, get press, uh, and gain investment. So, you know, we are actually, we have some early customers for that uh, and are working uh, towards scaling that business in the future. And then kind of speaking of the future, let's, let's look out for, for Overlooked, you know, five, 10 years from now, what could Overlooked look like? Or I guess in other words, what's your big vision for this company? Well, my, my vision, Matt, is to change the way people access their information uh, onto a system that is, you know, doing what's right for not just consumers, but publishers. Uh, we've seen that, you know, we're helping consumers because we've built a better product than what's on the market. We're not stealing our users' data uh, and using that to, you know, man manipulate advertisements that are directed at them. Uh, we're not, we're, we're helping publishers instead of hurting them. Uh, and then we're actually saving businesses money and PR costs. So as we scale, we want this to be uh, the largest social network, uh, specifically for news, in the world. Um, one day, uh, I'd like this to become so big that another event like the Rohingya genocide uh, never happens again. And then to make that happen, you'll need you'll need tons of help, right? Like you'll need you know you'll need newspapers, you'll need users, you'll need maybe investors if you if you want more investors. Um, but you'll definitely need help from the forward-thinking founders community. So for my last question for you is how can the forward-thinking founders community help? Are you hiring, looking for people to use it, looking for investment? How, how can we assist? Yeah, the, uh, as, as I told Matt prior to, the, prior to us hopping on the show, uh, I'm a contrarian. I believe in the power of outsiders. Uh, I have sent several thousands of cold messages, uh, probably in the hundreds of thousands now by this point. And I'm looking for people who are just like me. Uh, and what I've seen from Matt and from Forward Thinking City is that there is this hunger uh, and passion outside of the Silicon Valley that's ready to change the world. Because right now, uh, you you can live in the cloud uh, with with that with COVID. There's no you know events happening in the Silicon Valley Valley that are invite only uh, like there once was. Uh, there's group chats on Twitter. There's you know podcasts that people listen to. There's the 21st century way of disseminating media. Um, and, you know, we are actually hiring. Uh, so we're onboarding right now uh, salespeople for a, a journalism sales role to help us sell our software. Uh, we're we're going to be giving them 20% commission for the advertisements they sell uh, or the uh, subscriptions that they, you know, businesses that they acquire uh, on, recurring, on a recurring monthly uh, basis. So uh, I'm happy to distribute you my email uh, and I'd love to uh, hopefully have a couple of members from your community uh, on our team. And if people were interested in that, they wanted to learn more, what's your URL or what's your website? Are you on Twitter? Do you have an email? I guess, how can, how can someone get in touch um, if they're interested? Yeah, so you can uh, first and foremost follow us on Instagram at overlooked underscore Inc. Uh, on Twitter at overlooked underscore Inc. Uh, we have uh, our own website, which is overlooked.com uh, and our mobile application, which you can find currently in the App Store. Uh, we're going to be releasing the next version of our mobile app on test flight shortly. Uh, so that's what you should really be excited about as a consumer. Um, and, and in general, you know, you can email me at, at gceramelis at overlooked.com. 
Uh, and I know that uh, it's just my first letter of my first name with my really long Greek last name at overlook.com, uh, which I'm sure Matt will have that on the uh, show title. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks again for having me. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you're sitting there and you're just saying, Matt, I want more. How can I get more? Well, luckily, you can get it at Forward Thinking City. Forward Thinking City is a community for the Forward Thinking Network, right? And we have multiple different aspects of the city. One, we have AMAs. Some of the previous guests that have been on the podcast, like Jonathan Barkle, Kristen Anderson, Austin Allred, come back and they do AMAs with the residents. You can ask them any question that you want, right? You can ask them about fundraising the early days how they got their customers we do these every single week with another you know really great founder that has been on the podcast additionally um, we have our pitch battles right so if you want feedback on your pitch and the opportunity to potentially pitch in front of VCs and talk one-on-one with venture capitalists this is where to do it these are monthly pitch battles so if you don't get in the first time try again right the goal is to improve and get feedback to eventually one, raise, uh, get, get into the room with the VCs. Two, raise capital. Three, so you can get back to your company and building a great startup, building a great business. The last thing I'll mention is that if you are kind of interested in just community, we have our coffee hours and happy hours where you can meet other residents, learn about what they're working on, talk about social things, anything you want. This is a city for founders. It is for investors. It is for startup enthusiasts. It's for anyone that loves startups. So if you're interested in what I'm saying, Go to forwardthinking.city and join the city for $15 a month. Um, you know, the way the reason I charge is because I want to be able to do this full time and bring as much value as I possibly can. And I think it's well worth the value. You can ask any of the current residents and they will attest to that. So go to forwardthinking.city, join the city, and you'll see immediately the, the next AMA, the next pitch battle, the next event. And I hope to see you there. Forwardthinking.city. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.